Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What up, unhappy hour, babes, babettes, babems, all use babes. Wanted to fill you in on a new feature of my Patreon, a bonus audio feed of extra special podcast content that you can now get right where you listen to your podcasts. So yeah, now when you subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash you'll get access to a separate exclusive RSS feed of bonus content. So the extra worst things first stories that get cut from each week's episode. Usually it's two or three extra stories that we just have to cut for time and other kind of ridiculous banter that we, we just have to cut because otherwise the episode will be way too long, but are still full of gems. So the cool thing about it is once you become a patron, you subscribe to the RSS feed, you'll get a link to it and it'll basically show up in your podcast app as a bonus show every week. So you can listen to it right where you listen to all your podcasts. And of course, that is in addition to all the video content that I'll keep posting to Patreon. You'll get the video of us doing our bonus first things first story, video of the extended guest complainer interviews, and it's all for only $5 a month. So it helps support our little show. It helps support me so we can keep doing this and keep making it fun. So we'll include a link in the show notes that'll take you to Patreon. You can help support the show and get a whole new feed of bonus unhappiness. Nothing better. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here back in the studio recording across the table from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. So glad to see you. Oh, great, 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 great. Yeah, yeah. Breathing the same air. You tested negative, you... 
I did, I did. Yeah, in case you were expecting an update in last week's episode, because I did get tested, I'm negative. Yay! <laughs> but positive for being a fat bitch. <laughs> <laughs> in case you can't tell, Matt and I are both over-caffeinated and ready for this recording! Yeah, I famously have had an entire pot of coffee and an entire venti Starbucks. Jesus! So my brain is, you know, those like whirly winds that you used to get as a kid from like a carnival, you'd spend a thousand dollars to play a game and then get like four tickets Uh and then you could trade that in for like a, a thing that you stick in a garden. Yep. That's the inside of my brain right now. Great, great, great. I made the coffee at the office and I don't know how to make coffee. So I made it very strong. And now I feel like I could lift a car above my head, which is a cool thing I will be trying after this. Yeah, you can try. You'll fail, but you can try. All right. Well, today's episode, what's happening? Uh, We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into going to the movies because we're all excited to be back at the movies or are we and finally wait for this you you fuckers (laughs) wait until you hear who our guest complainer is this week this is not a prank we have hot guy march madness competitor henry golding on the pod what star of the movies crazy rich asians last christmas a simple favor and now the new action film snake eyes in which he plays snake eyes we talk about everything from soccer to sexual healing to being a hot action star which i obviously relate to a lot so let's get into it let's do it let's start the show All right, worst things first, let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a report from the Wall Street Journal, ever heard of it, claims that American children who spent the pandemic binge-watching Peppa Pig have begun adopting, quote, posh English accents and phrases. (laughs) I'm jealous of these children? Yeah, apparently all I have to do in order to perfect a British accent is watch a British pig by the name of Peppa. Done. Shiro. I'll be honest, was not fully aware that Peppa Pig was a British pig. No, because I've only seen her. I haven't heard her. Yeah, no. I I don't think I've even really seen Peppa Pig. Well, um, have you seen a pig? Because she looks like a cartoon version of that. Very pink, very cute. Yeah, but apparently she's talking like this. No way. You're <laughs> she joking. Talks like, she talks like a Dale. No, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> anyway, I I just feel like you're not a hit cartoon until some parents are complaining that you're indoctrinating their children. Oh, absolutely. Something. Case in point. So Peppa Pig was reportedly the second most watched cartoon in the U.S. in the last year after the original cartoon indoctrinator Spongebob Squarepants. Ah, love them. Because in our day, all the parents were like, Spongebob is making my kid gay. Right. And it also was making me talk like a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) I exclusively... Are you ready, kids? exclusively how I spoke as a child. Yeah. Just walking up, (laughs) walking up to school every morning. Aye, aye, Captain. (laughs) I can't hear you. 
So, uh, yes, these parents were telling the Wall Street Journal that uh, their children have started using phrases like telly, Father Christmas, (laughs) and mummy instead of mommy. (laughs) One guy told the newspaper his five-year-old daughter had begun saying things like, mummy, are you going to the optician? (laughs) What the fuck is an optician? The eye doctor. The eye doctor? Okay. <laughs> I don't really know. I guess is that what they call the eye doctor in the UK? It just feels like a very clinical term yeah. for them to be using on Peppa Pig. Right? I don't I don't think Blue's Clues was ever like, are we going to the optician? <laughs> they were like, let's go to the mailbox. Yeah. Our Blue's Clues American cartoons are like, here's the salt shaker and a pepper shaker and they fucked and had paprika. <laughs> That's why Americans are idiots, because we <laughs> teach our children that is how reproduction works amongst spices. Uh, another woman said her six-year-old referred to the bathroom as the water closet. <laughs> I had a huge fight, not actually, but kind of, with uh, my dad and my boyfriend one time over WC and what it stood for. I was like, it stands for water closet. And they were like, you're so stupid. That's not what it stands for. What the fuck is a water closet? And I was like... I don't know, but that that's what it stands for. It's not called, like, washroom closet. Anyway. I'm just realizing how many times I've seen WC, and my brain just automatically was like, washroom. Right. No, it's water closet. <laughs> it didn't comprehend the fact that it was just a different letter altogether. Well, maybe if you watched Peppa Pig. I guess so. I've never really... I guess I've heard the words water closet before, but what a dumb phrase. It's so stupid. (laughs) This is the closet where we keep our water. (laughs) It's not even true. Um, What else? Peppa Pig production company Entertainment One told the journal, young Peppa fans see her as a friend. (laughs) And as we do with friends that we admire, sometimes we pick up their characteristics. Like how I've become so much more of a huge bitch since hanging out with you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I've become a raging stoner. (laughs) Okay, Uh, Even before the pandemic, parents were uh, apparently claiming that their children had been picking up slight English accents as a result of of watching Peppa Pig. It's a a professor of like communicative sciences and disorders. Sure, sure. Who uh, told The Guardian a while ago that kids might um, adopt Peppa's Middle England vowel sounds for particular words that they haven't necessarily heard before. So it's like if you've never heard your parents say it in an American accent, you're going to say tomato or zebra. Mm -mm. As someone who is related to several British children, it's only adorable. Right. So I I, am a huge fan of all of this. Anyway, I do. uh, Yeah, I feel like I really just need to watch hours and hours of Peppa Pig. I think that's how you're going to perfect your accent for sure. Exactly. As we did recently discover, the only reason you can actually do a Scottish accent is because of Shrek. That's actually very true. Yeah. Um, Next. Speaking of pigs, a new study shows that the climate impact of feral pigs around the world is equivalent to the greenhouse gas emissions of 1.1 million cars every year. Okay, I don't know. I have some feelings about this. Yeah, first of all, fascinating story, I must say. (laughs) Uh, But basically, the groundbreaking study here is that all of the pigs, all of the wild pigs in the world are are responsible for more gas emissions than like a million cars. My opinion also is, and you may share this, is like, Whose study is this, really? Yeah. You're yeah. trying to blame shit on the pigs. Exactly. Meanwhile, ExxonMobil spewing all of their hot 
oily cum all over the ocean floor. I got my third eye way <laughs> open here, okay? This story is not checking out for me. Because the other thing is, like, million sounds like a lot. But, like, a million cars actually to me doesn't sound like a lot is what I'm trying to say. If you think about, like, the amount of cars that people have in a family or something like that, like, that it's... This, it's actually not that many cars for the entire world. Right. I'm like, okay. Like, how many cars are in New York City? Right, exactly. Probably around a million. Definitely more than a million. There's eight million people here. While not every single person has a car. Yeah, you think one in eight? How? Let's look it up. How many cars in New York City? Two million cars. What? Yeah. So there you go. Less than, I mean, about half of New York's greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. Okay. Fuck the study. Leave the pigs alone. So, okay. Well, the study estimated that feral pigs released nearly 5 million metric tons of carbon dioxide. Meaningless number to me. (laughs) (laughs) Almost as much as your mom. Oh, Laura, he doesn't actually mean you. Okay, when we say your mom, we, we don't actually mean you. I love you so much. <laughs> um, a researcher said that feral pigs were one of the most widespread vertebrate invasive species on the planet. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, another another reason why this is bullshit. Humans, I mean men, let's be real. I don't, I don't know if any women who are kind of transporting pigs around the country slash world. What? But they could if they wanted to. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Feminism. <laughs> Break that glass ceiling of transporting (laughs) pigs. But the point is, um, feral pigs being this widespread is because of humans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, okay, yes, pigs around the world are, are not great for the environment, but it's like, it's not their fault. They're just doing what pigs do. Um, human beings with brains... (laughs) Are, are the ones who know what we're doing and have done this and brought pigs all over. I guess the way that it works is that like pigs um, are basically mini tractors. That's what this <laughs> that's what this guy said. And they are like plowing the soil. And so they yeah, it, it, it like affects the microbes that like release carbon dioxide. OK, but it's like also like, yeah, one Amazon factory can shut down. and It'll probably <laughs> save all of this. Stop blaming the pigs. I, that's the new scapegoat. We should be calling it scape pig. Boom. <laughs> Let's blame Peppa Pig for, you know, indoctrinating our children. Let's blame the wild pigs. And finally, bad news, uh, other bad international news. Taco Bell, the famous authentic Mexican cuisine establishment. Okay, strong statement. <laughs> is apparently facing a food shortage and running out of certain ingredients which are putting certain menu items at risk. Where am I supposed to get my tacos? I've eaten at a Taco Bell, I think, twice in my entire life. I, like, shocked people recently that I was hanging out with by by admitting that I have not had Taco Bell probably in nine years. Are there many here in New York? 14th Street. There's one right down the street from here, I'm pretty sure. Okay. (laughs) Times Square, absolutely. I pass Taco Bells all the time. I clock them, Mm. and then I cross the street. (laughs) Um, Anecdotal evidence in the form of tweets 
So basically, someone wrote a story after seeing a tweet from someone that was like, this Taco Bell's out of my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like a lot of people, I guess, have been tweeting this. And um, on Taco Bell's website, it does say, sorry if we can't feed your current crave <laughs> due to a national ingredient shortage and delivery delays, we may be out of some items. I do know Starbucks was also having this issue, too, anecdotally, um, in that. I could not get a sandwich that I wanted from Starbucks. Horrifying. Tragic. This comes after Taco Bell outraged customers in 2020 by discontinuing 13 popular menu items, including the Mexican pizza, the quesarito, and the cheesy Fiesta potatoes. So it's like, when will it end with Taco Bell? One, One tragedy after another, they're, 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 imposing on us eventually there'll just be nothing on the menu and of course yeah the the original tragedy is the havoc that taco bell wreaks upon your insides (laughs) anyway um my condolences to anybody affected by this horrible shortage and that's it for this week's worst things first if you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode you can head to my patreon patreon.com slash matt and if you missed it you can subscribe now to a audio only version of our bonus worst things first stories on patreon so uh basically you're gonna get a bonus feed like a bonus little show that has all of our extra content on it. And yeah, it's fun. It's crazy. Last week, we talked about a goat lottery and illegal eyelashes. Lots of hot stuff that just can't fit into each week's episode. But if you want that, you can uh, subscribe on Patreon and you'll get that. And also all the video versions if you want to watch it. It's great. Next! Go ahead and wipe your clarified butterfingers on your pants because we're diving deep into going to the movies. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, well... Honestly, who knows what the fuck the next few months are going to look like, um, given the past couple of weeks, the trends. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like the walls are closing in on me and everything is like kind of narrowing down into a tiny pinpoint of light and uh, I can't breathe and like my chest. Yeah, we're like definitely like in the Star Wars like garbage compact, you know, Um, and it's definitely pushing in and there will be a monster to also like come out and attack us as well. But it was funny that yesterday I had therapy yesterday and my therapist, I I was like, yeah, I feel like this new uh, this week especially was like a lot of bad news just in the world, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, floods and um, having the smoke from Oregon in our city, which was yeah, and that was the next thing I told her, and she was like, wait, what? And I was like, <laughs> did you not notice that it was like smoky outdoors yesterday because of wildfires on the west coast she had never heard that oh yeah i mean i was like looking at the shadows in my apartment i was like why are they orange this is weird and then i was like oh cool 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 great news love that anyway (sighs) so the world is um fucked not that it ever stopped being fucked no, no, but no, always fucked. um for the time being movies are back hey, hey, hey um i did miss going to the theater just to, it's sitting in a dark room full of other people's wet mouths mm. and germs just breathing and laughing and screaming and exhaling all together as one love that 
But let's face it, as much as we missed going to the movies, going to the movies has its drawbacks. Mm. Like it it maybe wasn't all bad sitting on the couch, watching anything I wanted, just beaver fully out. Oh, I've seen like five movies in theaters, which is about six, $7,000 worth of movie tickets. <laughs> um, so I do have a lot to complain about. So let's get into it. First, people who don't open their candy wrappers at the beginning of the movie. If you open it any other time, guess what? No matter how loud that sound system is in that theater, you will overpower it. Yeah, somehow, whatever engineers put together the packaging that keeps Sour Patch Kids fresh and youthful and children and not Sour Patch adults (laughs) has somehow figured out to make that packaging the loudest material known to man, okay? And the problem is, if you try opening that at any point during the movie, it will immediately take me to a place of volcanic rage. I think that there should be ejector seats for like the second, like that sound post-movie starting should like set off an alarm and they should be ejected out of the film. It is insane to me even that Anybody could last long enough beyond the movie trailers to have food left. See, I remember as a kid feeling very strongly and being like an annoying person about not touching the popcorn until wow. after I would the trailers. Have and being, you. Yeah, we would have maybe not been friends. <laughs> <laughs> I I was always like, I would feel so guilty about uh, having finished all the popcorn before the movie even started. Mm-mm-mm, not in my house. Yeah. But no, I just don't understand. Like, you need to spend the beginning part of any movie preparing your snacks for the rest of the film. There's like four hours of trailers, so there's plenty of time to prepare for this. I I have no, absolutely zero respect for anybody who opens a package mid-movie. You need to prepare that shit ahead of time. Everybody can hear you. At the very least, wait until an action sequence. There we go. Every movie's got one. I don't care if you're watching, you know, The Help. Do you you prefer a strategy for dumping out the candy into the palm of your hand or dipping your hand into the candy? What do you think produces less noise? Oh, um, I'm usually, because I have long spindly fingers, <laughs> I'm usually just on board with kind of sticking my my fingers right into it. Yeah. Um, I also, because I have hot, sweaty, moist hands. Wow, what a gorgeous combination. (laughs) Boys, line up for these spindly, moist fingers. I mean, hey, who doesn't love a long, wet finger? Oh, God. (laughs) That's what I'm promising here. But I do think, yeah, pouring out a thing of candy into my palm, uh, especially when that palm is covered with slick butter, I just like, yeah, I don't like when candy coating comes up. And then it's like the great discomfort of having just sticky hands while you're sitting in a in a movie and you can't get up. This also conjures the image of uh, pouring candy into the popcorn. And I am very much against that. So am I. Anybody who pours raisinets, milk duds, milk duds, which is the worst candy. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Whoppers, but also milk duds. Also bad, all bad. Yeah. I just, 
How do you fuck up chocolate that badly? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Whatever, whoever fucking real world Willy Wonka created milk duds <laughs> and whoppers can absolutely eat my ass because apparently that's what you think chocolate should taste like. Oh, also you put dud right there in the name because you knew it'd be a dud. Yeah, but putting it into popcorn, all you're doing is is getting chocolate shit streaks all over my popcorn. You can't control the distribution even. Mm -mm. There's no proper way of mixing it. It's insanity. Absolute just chaos that you're inviting. (laughs) Next! Um, The sizing of popcorn? Absolute pure chaos. (laughs) Whoever decided the sizing of popcorn has absolutely no idea how human mouths work. (laughs) Or how the human stomach works works it goes from like the size of a shot glass immediately to like garbage pail oh yeah full bucket yeah and there's no in between Mm -mm. and they look at you like you're a a teletubby if you try ordering anything less than the bucket oh yeah they also look at you like a teletubby if you order the bucket but then ask for like some type of smaller container to split it up in well i think that is worthy of looking at you like a Teletubby. See, when I was a child, we would go to the the, the show, as we call it, in Chicago. Wow. Someone made fun of me for that as a kid. And you in sound like you're Chicago, in the 50s. I didn't think that was a Chicago thing. I think that's your family. Yeah, we would get like the giant popcorn and then my mom would ask for like little mini bags. And usually they would have like special mini bags yeah. that they had just for that purpose. Okay, I get, it does make more sense. I, I'm so used to just going to the movies. Um, I'm sorry, just going to the show uh-huh. with one other person. So uh, if you're getting more than two people in this mix, you're, you're going to want to split it up. It's hard to like, you don't want to be passing the popcorn back and forth. So Right, right. But that even, I, I mean, sometimes maybe I'm just more hyper aware of it now. Because it's germs. like, yeah. Yeah. Next! The floors at every movie theater, doesn't matter how fancy the establishment, are absolutely dripping and cum. <laughs> it is the stickiest surface known to man. Oh, yeah. You you drop a baby down there, you're never getting it back. Yeah. My, my shoes, for a week after I go to any <laughs> movie theater, are absolutely squelching the ground of any 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 floor I walk on. I feel like Spider-Man. Exactly. I could fully walk up a vertical surface (laughs) after putting my feet on the floor of uh, a a theater. Yeah. My brother, who shall not be named. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have millions, so it's really hard to identify him. He uh, used to work at a movie theater and um, said on several occasions he would find, like, full cups of piss. Ew! Because people just didn't want to get up to use the bathroom, so um, they... You know, which can you blame them? Right. They they sell you a fucking 500 ounce cups of liquid and then expect you to be able to sit through a two hour film. I famously pissed myself a little bit at our live show, which was like two and a half hours. There's no way that I can just make it through a movie. Yeah, especially, you know, this is this is an untenable kind of relationship that these two <laughs> 
I'm picturing a graph in my mind. That's how my analytical mind thinks. <laughs> okay, <of> nerd. Like <laughs> the size of movie cups versus uh, on one axis uh-huh. and then the length of movie on the other axis. Mm. Movies are getting longer. The cups are getting bigger. And those things are not tenable. They are absolutely okay? not. We're heading towards a cliff. Next. It is fully ridiculous that I am expected to sit through an entire film Without getting up to pee at least once. Bring back intermissions. Absolutely. I do think it is like crazy when people get uh, up in the middle of a movie to pee. Which I did have to do during Black Widow. Did you? I'm pretty sure I did. I don't think you did. Maybe Maybe you did. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Fascinating podcasting. (laughs) Um yeah, I don't know. I, I just will never get up and do it, I'll, which is why my bladder is severely infected at all times. <laughs> yeah. I'm like pretty sure I currently have either a bladder or kidney infection. We're even definitely though a doctor like... once was like, you'll never get one in your <laughs> life, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> We're definitely on the opposite spectrums, but both on the extreme opposite spectrum when it comes to bladder control. Uh, Yeah, which is... We both have to pee at the same frequency. We just don't do it at the same frequency, I would say. (laughs) I hold it until my insides are broken. (laughs) Also, frankly, fully ridiculous that I'm expected to sit through an entire film without looking at my phone. We are fully addicted to our phones. Everyone knows this. The people making the movies know this. The people running the movie theaters know this. The phones know this. How do you expect us to just then be ripped away from this teat of addiction. For up to two and a half hours? Are you kidding me? How? Am I a monk? That being said, people who think that they're being slick by by kind of covertly looking at their phone on the sly, but actually it's like you're lit up like baby Jesus on Christmas morning. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're in a fully dark movie theater and you think you're going to pick up your phone on the sly? No. No. You're absolutely in the spotlight now, literally. Um, it's also the worst angle to be lit from. Yeah. So it's like it, it, that just like adds You're insult to injury. Full campfire ghost <laughs> to the entire crowd. I, however, while it hurts me to be away from my phone for that long, am so terrified of my phone going off, even though it never does. <laughs> <laughs> no one calls me. Um, I I turn my phone either fully off during a movie, which feels psychotic, or I do airplane mode and do not disturb because I'm so afraid of being shamed for having my phone going off. Mm-hmm, I don't want to mm-hmm. be that idiot that I give the eye roll to. Yeah. I cannot be on the receiving end of an eye roll. And yet I'm friends with you. And that's mostly what I get. That is true. And finally... People who think they're being quiet when they're talking to someone, but they're actually just doing that super loud whisper. (laughs) Terrifying. I know. I hated that. (laughs) That is actually worse than just speaking at full volume. Oh, yeah. Uh, It makes me irate. Yeah. I think it's because that is not a pitch that our ears normally register because no one talks like that. And so then when someone does, you're like, "What what is this and why do I want to punch it in the face? Yeah. I also, it's like the, the... S's are more pronounced when you're trying yeah. to whisper, so it's like, <laughs> and you're just constantly hearing the like hissing from everybody else. On the flip side, it is very hard to, you know, like be so funny and then be expected not to make jokes the entire time, you know, like sure, people sure. pay you for your commentary on life. And then I'm supposed to sit in a movie theater with you and not hear that. Mm-hmm. That must be really hard for you. It is. 
And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got the most beautiful guest complainer, perhaps of all time, Henry Golding, on the pod right after this commercial break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. My guest complainer today was voted sexual healer in high school, uh, which we'll talk about. <laughs> he is the star of Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, which comes out July 23rd. But obviously you've seen him before. A Simple Favor, Last Christmas, Crazy Rich Asians, Henry Golding. I am so excited to have you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm ready to complain. Good. I mean, I, I, I'm sure my listeners don't know this, but we're you are doing a press junket. So you're doing interviews back to back to back to back, which I imagine is the most annoying thing ever. So, <laughs> you know, we're here to help you. You have an outlet to, to, to oh, complain. To alleviate of the monotony, but... I have been having some wonderful conversations, so uh, okay. it's not all. Sure, sure, sure. You, you, we get that out <laughs> right at the top. <laughs> well, we like to start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Ooh, right. I, I've been having to think about this, and I think it's it stems from my childhood. And perhaps it's not as impactful, me saying it to you as an American. Okay. As a sort of a, a British... Uh, young lads, football was uh, soccer mm -hmm. for you guys. Yes, thank uh, you for the translation. <laughs> was the absolute sort of beginning and end of everything. Like everybody is uh, like thoroughly loves and you're born and raised on the sport of, of, of football. For me, 
I actually hated it. <laughs> my friends would go around the house and play kind of like FIFA 98 or FIFA yeah, 99. Yeah. Um, and I just be like, guys, I'm, I'm nope. Like, don't even like, I'm not even coming around. This is like absolutely stupid. Um, so I think, you know, we, I was just in the UK filming, uh, persuasion, uh, a Jane Austen film and the, the Euro sort of football tournament was going on. Right. It's the only time that I actually watch football was, is during international games mm -hmm. and stuff. But other than that, uh, I kind of hate it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it was just the final. And I, I even here in New York, it was like everybody was at the bar and watching it and you couldn't escape it, even if you wanted I th to. I think there's more British people hating football now that we lost in the final. <laughs> sure, so sure. More people in my book. <laughs> the the post-loss, you know, getting yeah, it out like, of our system. I'm watching football ever again. <laughs> you know, g give it one season. They'll be back. They'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah uh so, so did you play it at all or ever it is you know i uh i played it when i up, up until the age of probably 16 uh-huh um it was like like i said it, you were like force force fed uh to love football um and my nickname on on the on the pitch at school was uh spaghetti legs just because <laughs> it was so terrible uh-huh i just do this yeah, it's never a good sign if your nickname is Spaghetti Legs. <laughs> Something has probably gone wrong. <laughs> so great. But yeah, I mean, you're an action star now. So everyone who calls you Spaghetti Legs has to has to eat their words. Yeah, they're going to get a roundhouse kick to the face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as someone who, who also played soccer for maybe like a season in, in, in grade school, <laughs> I can say also not a fan. Anything where I have to protect my shins... Um, oh, yeah, God. not, not a big fan. I did, I did tease the fact that you were voted sexual healer in high school, which I saw in a clip from the tonight show, but uh, just for my listeners, what is the deal with sexual healer? I used to, I mean, it was one of the only song lyrics that I would go around and sing and, uh, we would have like, uh, we called it food technology class or so like cooking class. Um, okay, very technical. Yeah. It, yeah, I know, food technology. Um, I would I would just sing Sexual Healer by Marvin Gaye mm -hmm. and, and that would literally be me going through the, the school halls, uh, through the lockers, and, and the girls decided that that was gonna be my nickname. <laughs> Why that song? That it's such a specific <laughs> I don't know. I was like 15, 16 years old. Right. Spaghetti legs trying to make up for <laughs> trying to yeah, make up for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so it's it seems like you've had a lot of different lives. Uh, I am curious how you came from, like, you know, being a being a hairdresser. You, you, you were a hairdresser in New York. In, in London. In London. Okay. I remember hearing the word Chelsea and I assume Chelsea, New York. Uh, Chelsea, the original Chelsea. <laughs> That's right. I forget. Um, no, yeah, no, I sort of, I went, um, out of secondary school. So when I was like 16, 17 years old, um, into hairdressing. So when I was, when I was younger, like around 14, 15, I would work in a Saturday sort of, uh, as a Saturday cleaner in a barbershop, sort of just sweeping as just like a little assistant, just to earn some pocket money. That's kind of got what me what got me interested in in, in the hairdressing. Moved up to London, um, became a stylist, was doing clients, 
Um, and then one of my uh, clients that, that I was kind of working on was like, you know what you'd be really good at and what I think you should do um, is going back to Malaysia and trying to get on television because they love your your, your look, your, your accent, your, mm-hmm. your sort of, and I was just like, hmm, that, that seems like an interesting prospect. Yeah. And I had thought about it in the past uh, growing up watching TV when I would go and visit my family in Malaysia of like MTV it was just like, wow, these hosts look like this having so much fun. So it was always kind of deep seated. But when she said that, I was like, oh, maybe you're right. Um, so literally the cog started shifting, started working. Um, and then within the next, I think, four or five months, I had a ticket booked, a one-way ticket. I had my bag packed. I left my job and, and I moved to Malaysia under the guise of trying to, to become a, a television host. Right. Got lucky, found an amazing company that, that would have me. Uh, and I was, I was, I became a sort of a variety of television sort of host. Uh, I, I worked in sports for a little while mm-hmm. uh, and then did uh, travel shows for Discovery, Nat Geo, BBC, mm-hmm. um, a lot of news channels. And then John M. Chu found me for uh, for Crazy Rich Asians. Right. I mean, yeah, I feel like the your list of skills is is quite extensive, even before the the stuff that you learned for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, variety is the uh, the spice of life, as they say. So I've always thrived on the idea of having many stories to tell. Um, so that's that's what we take to to the grave with us. It's it's these crazy crazy adventures that we we've had. But yeah, I mean, I also saw, so I mean, you you were kind of like a, a travel guy beforehand. So it's not like you were going into kind of the action thing as a couch potato, or at least it doesn't seem like that from, from the outside. Um, right? Or am I wrong? <laughs> you had to look for a second, like, uh, <laughs> been on the couch. I remember the days before, before sort of getting my ass into uh, the boot camp. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I try to keep myself reasonably fit mm-hmm. and don't over gluttonize when it comes to sort of eating, but uh, but this was a totally different world of of um, focusing on movement mm-hmm. um, and anything that would support the fluidity in, in sort of combat and, and choreography. So it was it was definitely um, non aesthetical so training and much more practical. Right. Right. Which is honestly uh, admirable. I I have a trainer and I tell him I could give a shit about having strength. <laughs> I am aesthetics only. <laughs> I want shoulders and I want biceps. Exactly. You know, which is, I. that's why I'll never be an action star. So, you know, now we know. <laughs> or, a, or a football player. There you go. When you're preparing to be an actor... Obviously, you don't think, okay, I'm going to have to learn like martial arts and uh, how to use a sword, <laughs> which you did. Is there anything, yeah. is there any point at which you're like, why the hell am I doing this? Um, I mean, there's always often moments of just like how absurd uh, we, our lives are as sort of actors. Yeah. Uh, but at this equally, at the same time, how lucky we are to have. Uh, the most talented instructors 
uh, people who have dedicated their lives to this. And so it's only right to be able to kind of concentrate and give it your all. Uh, so that's something that we did for, for Snake Eyes was, was, was a tremendous amount of training. Um, but I kind of love, I love collecting those skills in a weird way. Uh-huh. It's like maybe subconsciously I choose films to be like, hey, there's a lot of horseback riding for this movie. I'm like, <laughs> sign me up. That's something I'd love to do. Sure. Oh, that, uh, you know, you gotta learn how to dance. Nope, not for me. <laughs> so, so I know I know the things that I would love to do, and 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 martial arts was was definitely or action films was was definitely my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does seem like you know action movies in general are getting, you know, the set pieces are getting crazier and crazier. So the more skills that you amass by by like twenty thirty, when you have to be riding a car and a horse at the same time you know, and fight using a sword and yeah. a gun, like you'll be able to do it all. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, Stallone's still going strong. Like those, those guys have been in the industry for, for gosh knows how many years, but, uh, you know, once, once an action hero, always an action hero. Right. And now you're in the club. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel uh, like you have to show up already kind of knowing some stuff like do you kind of feel like you have to pre-train for the training that you go through it really helps yeah i gotta say um i had a bit a bit of a basis of sort of some boxing and a bit of muay thai um but nothing to the level that i would ever express outwardly that i was an expert in anything Uh but having that foundational sort of movement um allows you to pick up more movements a lot quicker um, so I, I did find it very, very helpful. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously it seems like you, you enjoyed the process or, or like you think back and be like, wow, my life was so good. Why did I even <laughs> like consider spending all this time sort of beating myself up? Um, and that there were definitely moments where, you know, for the the 30th take, throwing yourself onto a concrete floor, um, getting beaten up, kind of realize like, "Mm, take me back to Crazy Rich Asians when I just had to look pretty. (laughs) Yeah, that would be like, if if those were my options, I would choose, I would choose Crazy Rich Asians style every time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We're we're gluttons for punishment. Uh, But no, it was, it was, it was so much fun working on this. Uh, it's, it was definitely a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Did you f- film most of the movie over the last year? Or was, was a lot of it done? No, bef- we it, uh, the week before um, the pandemic hit. Oh, okay. So we made it by the skin of a teeth. Were you kind of kept inside over the last year with everybody else? Or were, were there productions that you were on? No, um, 100% at home with my wife. Um, enjoying the time that we could have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being based in, in Los Angeles, uh, you have the open road, you have uh, a lot of beautiful nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was really sort of mentally, um, I suppose, appeasing being kind of in this kind of environment and uh, this side of the world. Right. Uh and yeah, I mean, you just uh, had uh, a baby not that long ago, right? So how is, you know, this is this is your chance to kind of get the the new father complaints out. <laughs> to be honest, like after 
sort of the first week or two weeks, um, you start adapting. I think your your skin grows much thicker. Uh-huh. Your 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 need for sleep lessens. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> sure, I don't know if I believe uh, that, but I you know if it worked for you, yeah, then great. Like but no, she's she's a brilliant baby, and um, it's amazing. Every day there's something new to sort of fawn over her about. So uh, no, it's been a joy. Yeah, I mean, uh, the pictures on Instagram look absolutely beautiful. <laughs> so congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I tried to get you to complain about her, but it's fine. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> allow it. <laughs> complain about. Uh, um, I, you know, I, I, even though we hate the, the, the kind of junkety questions, um, for people who haven't seen the film, <laughs> um, you know, give us the, give us the, the snake guys kind of quick summary. Ooh. Um, this is an absolute reboot of, of the G.I. Joe franchise. We start on a macro view on, on one of the most iconic characters, Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the man before the mask. He's very famous for being sort of all in black ninja with this iconic sort of uh, helmet that he wears. Um, so we, we see the man before the mask. We see the troubles and the tribulations of, of him trying to navigate as a young man. Um, under the premise and the guise of having a goal of uh, vengeance, mm-hmm. which we all know is a foolhardy sort of uh, a goal as such. Um, and we see him journey into becoming the snake eyes that we all love uh, dearly. So, um, yeah, it's it's out in cinemas July 23rd. Were you sort of always a comic book action figure kind of guy? Like, was that young henry's kind of interests massively yeah um i grew up with my brother collecting comic books um having and pleading with my parents for sort of figurines um computer games played a massive role in my upbringing and and childhood anime was a was a massive love of mine um so that entire world was was something that i was very familiar with Mm -hmm. Uh, and have been familiar for so many years. So to be able to kind of play in in in, in this world has has been so much fun. Yeah. So you the, the GI Joe world specifically, you mean? Not so much the GI Joe world. Um, growing up outside of America, it's difficult to to sort of get hold of these very specifically American kind of toys, or or you know we catch the the morning cartoon once in a while or the, or the stray comic that finds its way over. Um, but the majority of the time, my exposure to G.I. Joe was when uh, when I was older, uh, when the movies came out. Right. Uh, so, but I understand, like, it's it's massive. That's true. I do forget G.I. Joe is, uh, is a, a, a very American, when you grow up with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was more of a Barbie guy myself, so that's, that's where the disconnect... Oh, did you collect Polly Pocket? Honestly, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a there were toys in in the U.S. at least called uh, Littlest Pet Shop, and you kind of put together oh. a little pet shop, and and that was that was my my good. Needless to say, GI yeah. <laughs> Joe wasn't kind of busting down the doors of the pet shop, <laughs> but <laughs> it is a it is a, you know a part of American culture. I suppose we grew up right. with. Um, but I mean, uh, w- one area of, of of 
historical complaint in the, in this sort of genre, obviously, is that so many action hero leads are are dudes that look more more like me, I would say. Glasses. <laughs> Sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> kind of thinning hair, you know, glasses, very weak jaw. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's been kind of a white guy club for for a long time. And yeah, because, Snake Eyes, the character. Know, the reason for that is um, because we didn't have cross pollination of creatives at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Asian cinema stayed in Asia. I grew up with watching Jackie Chan films, Jet Li films, mm-hmm. you know, Sako Han, the, the classics. Um, but they didn't necessarily sort of move over to the West. And the West didn't have heroes that moved over to sort of our side of that stage. But now with globalization, it's made us more apparent of like, yeah, this is kind of weird. Why is right. this kind of white savior day? Um, and so, you know, it's 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 being fixed it's it's kind of we we realize that there is um a melding of and and crossing of borders globally um so it's not as important to have um the lead in a movie where he feels like a fish out of water has to be white or vice versa um so i think that that is you know with playing into that sometimes you play into the thought that the audience are dumb and, and they don't know otherwise. Right. You'll find that, that they're way more clued up um, than ever thought. So so no, it's 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 refreshing. It's 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 wonderful to see um, to see so many so much diversity in in, in cinema and and in in sort of art. Right. I mean, yeah, the the kind of like closed minded, ignorant argument has long been like, you know, how is a white audience going to connect to whatever? And it's like they're smart enough. They'll do it. Just, you know, have some patience, have some faith. You don't need to spoon food people now. Right. If you don't know anything or know where somewhere is, tap it into Google. You'll soon have this <laughs> delicate of all sorts of uh things at your at your fingertips that being said i do think people could use a little more of a of a google kind of refresher i don't know if people i mean i'm 100 percent with you <laughs> i get some stupid questions sometimes i'm like have you tried looking it up <laughs> like yeah just in your question or query or whatever it is into google and and cross-examine and, and be a little bit of an internet sleuth and figure it out? I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, as someone who spends a lot of time on the internet, I can say my patience has has grown incredibly thin. <laughs> <laughs> People continue to amaze me every single day. But yeah, I mean, any other any other big complaints you want to get off your chat? Any other things that you, that you hate? Man, big complaints. What's with this tremendously hot weather we're having? It's crazy. Where are you, and then, you're in LA right now. Right now in LA, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it sucks everywhere. Warming, it's a real thing, man. <laughs> we, we are doomed. It is true. And I feel guilty every time I blast my air conditioning. But at this point, <laughs> at this point the damage is done. <laughs> right, you're so bad. You're, you're going to hell, man. 
<laughs> I'm doing my best. I try to make up for it. You know, I'll 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 recycle a couple water bottles. Try to use a, a metal straw. That's got to account for something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great chatting with you. Yeah, thank you so so much. And Snake Eyes is out everywhere, July twenty third. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that makes all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? Well, Matt, you know, it's summertime. There's a lot of vacations happening, which, you know, reminded me of all the trips I took as a kid to the national parks. I love the national parks. I grew up going to them. We'd always do a trip out west, a road trip type of situation. But surprise, uh, not a surprise. There's a lot of dark history around the national parks because most were created through indigenous dispossession. So that's been on my mind. And then Anti-Racism Daily did a super helpful post about it recently uh, where they have links to educate yourself about the creation of the national parks and how you can help decolonize them because some people advocate for returning that land to indigenous people. And Australia actually has set a precedent for that. So if you want to learn more about that, especially if you are thinking about going to the parks, um, if you've been to the parks and that's you know a source of joy for you, I think it's important to recognize the history and know how we can remedy some of that past harm. So we'll have a link to that anti-racism daily post in our show notes. Awesome. All right. Let's talk about the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what have you been watching? I have been watching the new HBO limited series by Mike White called The White Lotus. Ooh. I have been loving it. It is kind of, it's like a mystery because it opens where you know that there's some sort of murder happened but you don't know anything about it really outside of that opening scene uh-huh. and then it's about all these typically pretty rich white people go to this Hawaiian resort and like bring all their problems with them and Jennifer Coolidge is in it and like the cast is awesome it's funny it's weird and exciting the music is amazing <laughs> and the like tone and pacing of it is is just exciting and different so I'm super in it and on this journey. What about you? What are you watching this week? Nothing new. Parks and Rec. Classic. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, Drag Race All-Stars is on week to week. Uh So I'm watching that. Um, On Paramount Plus for some reason. (laughs) Weird. Uh, Yeah, which is very, no, people are very upset by the uh, release schedule of this particular season because typically Drag Race would come out Thursday nights at, like, 7, 8, you know, whatever, 8 p.m. 7 central mm-hmm. and uh everyone would go to like a, a bar and watch it right and like experience it live yeah and then there'd be commercials and you'd be able to like talk with people in between and now it, they drop it at like 3 a.m on thursday morning okay so then you have some people that are like live tweeting it during the middle of the day because <laughs> no gay person has a job <laughs> And then, um, yeah, it's like you just have to tell people, I guess, like, show up at this time and we'll stream it at a bar. And also there'll be no commercials, which is normally a good thing. But now you have no break to talk about it. Right. (laughs) You're just watching an hour of nonstop television. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. Anyway, 
But this season is exciting and fun. What is your non-TV chaser? Well, I have a non-TV chaser, but also I forgot about another show that I watched that obviously people are on the edge of their seats wondering, when is she going to start watching the new season? And the answer is this week. Elite. I watched the first episode of the new season. Loving it. Obviously, we'll continue watching. Very excited that it's back. Uh And then my non-TV chaser is I've been... I've been really struggling. Again, classic. We should just do like a super cut of all the times I talk about how Instagram destroys my life. But um, obviously it's destroying my life again. And I decided instead of scrolling, I should spend my time scrolling through the people I follow and just doing a purge. Because I've had Instagram since like college. Yeah. There's so many people. I mean, literally thousands of people who I follow. And I'm like... Some of these, I have no idea who these people are. Some of them I found through other things. And like, does it, do I even ever see their shit on my algorithm? Like, so I started doing that and it's been a much healthier way to interact that still like does the literal thumb scrolling. So it still like tricks my brain into thinking it's the same thing. Uh That's science, right? Um, So yeah, that's my (laughs) non-TV chaser is doing a purge on who I follow on Instagram. Right. Yeah, I I've had the same thing. Just today my experiment is having the New York Times app as the thing that I like scroll through. Yeah, that gets depressing though. Yeah, but for me it's not it's not like the the news itself that yeah. is the thing. It's like everybody offering their like quick take on it that I'm like Wait, the comment section of the New York Times? No, no, no. I'm saying like on Twitter. Oh. That is that is what brings me down. Uh-huh. Is it's okay, not like okay, the original okay. like bad news thing. Yeah. It's like I'll click on it and then see the first few. I mean that should fall under the don't read the comments thing yeah. anyway for me, but it doesn't. Yeah, and no, I, you have to do it. You you do it anyway. So it, yeah, I think my brain would benefit from just kind of reading um, the actual news itself. Right, right, right. The right, kind right. of like cold reporting of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like how I just kind of spewed all over that. Great, thank you. <laughs> Um, my chaser, since you asked, this is not sponsored. Um, I feel like I have to say that every time it is a brand. Uh-huh. Trader Joe's. I live down the street from a Trader Joe's here in Brooklyn. I've never gone to it since I moved to this apartment. Mostly because I moved in the like real thick of the pandemic when there were a lot of restrictions in place and they weren't letting a lot of people in at a time. So there was always a really long line outside of Trader Joe's and like out outdoors and around the block. And I was like, there's no way I will ever wait in line for a grocery store. It's not worth it to me. Unless we're on the very verge of the apocalypse and I absolutely like need toilet paper. And that's the only way. I'm not waiting in line for a grocery store. Yeah. No grocery store is worth it. But then, so finally now everything is back like fully open and I went to Trader Joe's and I get it. I get the the craze. Yeah. I've gotten so many kind of pre-made meals. Uh, I want to go right now <laughs> and I might. 
I got their cookies, chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. I'm pretty sure they wrecked my stomach. Yeah. Um, and but I'm probably gonna buy them again. Um, anyway, Trader Joe's big fan. <laughs> and that's it for today's show. If you want more unhappy hour shit, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get video of bonus worst things first stories that were cut from this week's episode, video of extended guest complainer interviews, and a bunch of other fun stuff, including a bonus feed that has all of the extra content that you can listen to right in your podcast app. You can also buy merch at Unhappy Hour shop.com also head to apple podcast spotify odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y wherever you get this podcast hit that subscribe button then rate us and review us but only if it's nice i don't want to hear your shit unhappy hour is a production of pineapple street studios it's produced by barry finkel melissa slaughter arlena revelo and me matt bellisai special thanks to jenna weissberman and max linsky our music is by hans dale sue you can bother barry at finkelberry pie you can worship me at matt bellisai you can follow unhappy hour pod on twitter for all the latest podcast buzz you can leave a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT that's 601-600-7268 And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. And it's that song that's like, jump, jump, jump. Okay. (laughs) So I feel like I'm going crazy. Yeah, I'm also over-caffeinated.